I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So what a pleasure it was to be able to interview Heather Young for her new film, Murmur, which uh, I believe was uh, premiering, world premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival. And uh, she was one of, in fact, I think it was the first interview I did this year uh, with Heather. So Heather, thanks for that. And and a little shout out to you uh, for for a wonderful conversation about a brilliant new film. And and apparently a few others agreed because uh, she went on to win the um, uh, Fipreski, and I hope I said that right, but the prize of the International Federation of Film Critics uh, for her new film, uh, murmur uh, quote here we go a wonderful surprise and a true honor says heather uh, about the award so you are going to want to see this and there is going to be a theatrical release and it's coming up and this is a really i hope heather you're okay with this but i'm going to call this an unassuming film this is this film could play uh, as a theatrical piece uh, and i don't mean as a film and i mean on the stage in a way that i i think many many films uh, can't there's an intimacy there's a beauty to this film that is it's touching and it's warm and it's 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 compassionate and i think you know it's it's one of those as roger ebert might say it's one of those empathetic making machines you know that was his quote about movies and and i think heather has done that with this film it's about it's about leading a life of quiet desperation it's about stories in gray zones and and about loneliness and 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 isolation it's about empathy and and and, and, and solitude and living our lives in solitude and how we all long for a relationship of one kind or another. And, and I'm not going to tell you much about this film, but you really do want to see this. This is from a, an exciting Canadian new uh, director, Heather, Heather Young. And, and um, we, we had just this wonderful chat about so many things, the cycles of behavior that we find ourselves all sort of caught in, you know, lack of self-awareness and, 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 and sort of, you know, the, the, the circular nature of, of our loneliness 
and despair. And I think there's this this really beautiful theme, universal theme to to, to Murmur and to Heather's film here, and that is one of love and and connection and how we all desire that and how we all long for this relationship and relationships, I suppose, to be loved without judgment, guilt, and shame. And so, yeah, really uh, lean in for the conversation. I know you're going to enjoy that and, and, and look for the film. It's If it's not in a theater now, it will be soon and then available on video on demand, I'm sure. And don't forget, davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my public speaking. You can head there. You can per- purchase a, a copy of my book, Real Changes Incremental. And then uh, face-to-facelive.ca we're gonna we're gonna break 500 published interviews in 2020 sometime uh, if you want to come alongside and, and help us out financially you can do that I've set up a patreon page uh, one five ten dollars a month would be would be fantastic would be really welcome over here little things make a big difference it all adds up to uh, help offset costs if you can't do that and i totally understand it please do leave us a review on itunes would really appreciate that little digital noise goes a long way sign up for our newsletter share the podcast with others tweet about it put it us put put us up on facebook and you can also advertise uh, with us here at Face to Face as well, banner ads and in the newsletter. You can be online. You can also be a part of the actual podcast themselves. So reach out to us if you'd like to advertise here. We've got a pretty big demographic now, pretty wide, listened to in over 20 countries. It's kind of exciting how things continue to grow. And don't forget rabble.ca as well for a whole host of other writers and thinkers and bloggers and podcasters. News for the rest of us. It's a platform where Face to Face exists, but it's also an opportunity for you to dig deeper into issues that matter for Canadians and, and frankly, for the globe. So so look them up, rabble.ca. And stay tuned. Heather Young coming up, talking about her new film, Murmur. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. We have a Heather Young here with us to talk about her new film, Murmur. Uh, Murmur is coming uh, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. Kind of exciting for everybody involved, I would think. Uh, Heather, thanks so much for joining us today on Face to Face. Oh, thanks for having me. So, hey, let's get the shameless shout out right out of the way, right out of the gate. Houseplantfilms.ca. We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, and we'll have a link on, on your bio on the website. But that's houseplantfilms.ca to find out more about Heather and what she's up to. And um, whatever you can't find out there, maybe, maybe Heather, you can talk to us about right now. Tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and, 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 and provide a little bit of context around, um, I don't know, your life as a filmmaker and a storyteller before we step into Murmur. How does that sound? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I grew up in, uh, St. John, New Brunswick. Um, you know, New Brunswick, I think of as kind of one of the forgotten provinces of Canada, but <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and um, I went to the University of New Brunswick um, in Fredericton, and that's when I kind of started taking film studies classes and started to get, I guess, more interested in in filmmaking. But um, when I was kind of, yeah, living in New Brunswick, being a filmmaker didn't really seem like a possibility or like something that people actually did, <laughs> I suppose because I didn't really know anyone who was a filmmaker. Um, but uh, through, yeah, through taking some kind of film studies classes at UNB, I I got pretty into it and decided to try to um, pursue it further and uh, decided to apply to NASCA University um, 
to their film production program um, in Halifax, and that's how I ended up moving moving to Halifax, um, which is where I live now in Nova Scotia. Um, so I did uh, I did the deg- a degree in film uh, production at, at NASCAD and mm. um, graduated in 2009. And since then, I've been making short films. Um, I made a bunch of short films um, over the years and then um, decided that I wanted to, to try doing a feature and uh, applied to the Telefilm Talent to Watch uh, program which used to be called the micro-budget program, but is now called Hell to Watch. Um, and uh, that was the program that I ended up making uh, making Murmur through. So Nice. So you yeah. were actually able to make Murmur with someone else's money. That's fantastic news. <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, yeah. I'm very grateful to, to tell yeah, them for, no kidding. for their support. So, yeah. well, that, that's amazing. I, I remember interviewing um, like a drawing a blank on the name right now, three, four years ago at TIFF and, and a filmmaker, foreign filmmaker, and, and we were kind of talking about the challenges that, you know, young, especially young filmmakers face. And she said, oh, one of the first rules of filmmaking is you don't spend your own money, which I just, <laughs> which I thought was, uh, you know, that's kind of in a perfect world, but I would imagine that happens more often than not, it seems to me. So, so this yeah. is this has got to be pretty exciting for you. This is uh, so. This is your first first full length feature world premiere at TIFF. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I'm pretty much sure I've read. Um, I've I've heard you referred to as a bold new Canadian voice <laughs> in filmmaking. Um, I can hear you. I, well, yeah, you're you're laughing at that, but I, I I I'm kind of thinking it's true. Tell tell me a bit. Oh, and by by the way, before we dive in, congratulations on the film. I absolutely loved it. I really did. Oh, thanks very much. It's thank it's, you. It's, it's it's beautiful. It's it's tragic. It's it's just so understated as well, and and yet very distinctive too in in, in the way you approach it. And and um, uh, Donna. Um, um, it, the, the woman who, who who plays her is it uh, is it Shan is that her name? Shan? Yes, Shan, Shan McDonald. Shan yep. McDonald. I mean, the, Shan, yeah, Shan, Shan McDonald. Yep. <laughs> the performance you got out of her is just absolutely brilliant. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'll tell her that. <laughs> I'll tell her you said that. <laughs> She'll love to hear that. <laughs> well, p- please do. And I and I this is one of those films that honestly I hope everyone everyone gets to see. So yeah, tell me about your bold uh, Canadian um, voice. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to hear um, mm-hmm. that you know that people have have said that about my my work. It's very, uh, very encouraging and and uh, nice to hear. But um, really, I think I think it comes down to more that there's you know something exciting kind of happening in Canadian filmmaking, mm. generally speaking. Um, you know, right now, I think there's so much exciting and strong work coming coming from Canadian filmmakers um you know even even right here in in Nova Scotia um we have you know there's so many Nova Scotian filmmakers that are inspiring me and inspiring my work um like Winston DeJoby and Ashley McKenzie and um Corey Bowles and um so you know we have a pretty small but vibrant, you know, filmmaking community here in Nova Scotia. And, you know, just seeing all the Canadian work that's coming out this year at TIFF and and the other Canadian fall festivals has been really exciting. Um, There's 
so many features and shorts that I want to see this year by Canadian filmmakers. And, um, you know, there were really, I think there's kind of a trend kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, like a Canadian new wave or something right. that's, yes. that's sort of happening with, you know, with, um, you know, young people with strong voices mm. and, uh, strong artistic visions, you know, really coming to the forefront and, and really being, I think, recognized by these kind of bigger institutions like TIFF and Telefilm. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just really exciting to be part of that and, and to have murmur, you know, included in, in, in a showcase like, like TIFF is, is, uh, is great. It's really exciting to, you know, to, to be part of this, exciting time for Canadian cinema, I feel like. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, and I think, I think you're absolutely right, by the way. And I think, I think I've already started to get that sense just as, uh, I've been talking to a few people, uh, uh, as we, well, or we're, we're a couple days away from, from, um, the festival hitting the ground running, I guess, in about 48 hours or something along those lines, <laughs> yeah. the madness begins. It's, uh, and, yeah. it's, sneak, it's sneaking up very quickly. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. I, I don't know how comfortable you are chatting about, about the actual film. I mean, I, I don't think too many people are going to, are going to be listening to the podcast before the film is out. Oh but, no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, there's a, there's a maturity to this that, I find really intriguing and, and, you know, I mean, I couldn't help but think of, you know, most, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase Henry David Thoreau's quote here, but most of us live lives of quiet desperation, you know, (laughs) and, and, and I kind of got that sense from, from, from Donna, not only did I smile at her as somebody just trying to get by, um, in, in, in the way that she did things, there was a real normalcy to her life and yet seemed to be, she seemed to be suffering from some real deep, dark things in her past that we don't ever really get much information about, which I also find fascinating from a storytelling perspective. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love, I, I mean, I've, hopefully I've given you enough to sort of dive into there, but, but can you talk to us a little bit about that, 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 that approach to the, the way you made this film? Cause you don't, you, um, that, 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 that mature level of storytelling. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, yeah, I, I like that kind of quote that you mentioned, um, you know, quiet, quiet desperation. Um, that's definitely something that interests me um, in terms of, in terms of character. I am generally drawn to telling the stories of, of characters that are, um, you know, somehow, isolated and and lonely and therefore end up you know in a kind of in a kind of quiet desperation um in the sense that you know they're looking for for a connection and and looking for someone to to care for um and that's certainly the case you know with with the, the character of donna um i wanted to kind of tell you know, tell the, tell a story that was kind of, um, in a, in a gray zone in terms mm. of, in turn, terms of Donna's, um, kind of troubles. Um, and, you know, we don't get a lot of information necessarily about the details of her, her troubles and her struggle. But, um, for instance, with her, 
her drinking problem. You know, I, I didn't want it to be um, something that you, you know, might typically see in, in, in a film about, let's say, an alcoholic, you know, someone who's stumbling around drunk or, you know, drinking hard liquor every day or, you know, more of the kind of stereotype um, of that type of a character. Um, I kind of wanted to explore um, a character that has these types of struggles, but it's more subtle. Um, And I, I, I find these kind of subtle kind of, everyday struggles that are generally overlooked um, to be more more interesting to me than um, something that's, you know, very overt and in your face. So, for instance, with Donna's, you know, alcohol trouble, it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's more that, you know, she, she, she drinks too much, but she's still, like, functioning like a normal person for the most part. Um, she just kind of uses you know, alcohol to, to try to feel differently and to try to, um, you know, help her mood and provide her with some pleasure. But it, it's, uh, it's more kind of, um, pernicious, I, I suppose. Um, it's more of like a, a subtle, um, influence, like a subtle negative influence in her life. So I kind of use that approach with the film, trying to, um, trying to use, uh, subtlety in terms of the storytelling um and by leaving you know parts of the story unexplained for instance you know her relationship with her her daughter and and how they became estranged and things like that um i feel it's it's interesting to do that because the audience can kind of become more engaged um in that way and, and really, you know, try to put it together for themselves or, or wonder, you know, could it be this or could it be that? Or, (laughs) um, but I I find, you know, by hinting at these types of, uh, issues in the character's life, it, it, it can, it can kind of engage the mind, you know, to work a little bit harder while watching the film potentially. And, And it can kind of be, be fun to, to engage in a story in that way, um, to try to kind of fill in fill in the blanks yourself and kind of be a participant in in how the story comes together in your mind, you know. Absolutely. I mean, it, to, would you say that that that's a, a, a conscious choice to sort of um, try to create empathy with the viewer and and the story that they're seeing unfold in front of them because of that desire almost to step in. I mean, I found myself wanting to know more when the film ended. I was, I mean, I, on one hand, I was satisfied with the ending. On another hand, I wasn't because, you know, wow, there's, but isn't that what life is really like? We're all very complicated. We're all very paradoxical. And we've got these nuances. I mean, the people we meet on the street who we make these judgment calls on, or we meet at maybe dinner parties or, or, or whatever, we have no idea right? Their background and their context. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just found myself sort of reflecting on that because she seems so sort of measured in her own way. And yet <laughs> here she is suffering from, you know, a criminal DUI conviction, doing community service, like really estranged from her daughter. I mean, we're talking about some fairly extreme bits of history here, or at least so it would seem. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and yeah, it is kind of part of the plan, I guess, to, to try to 
um, bring about, you know, empathy for, for this character. Um, certainly because, uh, you know, if, if part of the story is, you know, not fully explained, I, I find that people can at least hopefully, um, kind of insert them, themselves in, into that story right. more easily. Um, whereas if it was, you know, explicitly drawn out and explicitly stated that this is the way it is and this is exactly what happened. Um, I think it would be potentially a little bit more difficult for for people to put themselves inside that story and to really um, start to kind of experience the emotions of the character um, in the way that I hope they would. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I was was thinking about, um, in terms of empathizing with, with Donna. Sure, yeah. Sure. Is it, uh, just on a little aside here and maybe it's connected, but I'm, I'm not convinced of this, but I think the first dialogue in the film is actually dogs barking. Is that, is that... <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. The, the first, uh, the first creature that makes a sound <laughs> is, is a dog. Yes. Okay, good. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. So that leads me to then the stylistic, some of the stylistic decisions that you make clearly are so intentional and just seem to, to, to just so suit um, the space that Donna is existing in. And so I was fascinated by, by your framing of her uh, when she was on her own, uh, when she mm-hmm. was with animals, but even, even um, and maybe even more importantly, when she ever seemed to be with any of the professionals in the film. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they were never in the screen. They were, they were always, uh, or most often, they were angry <laughs> with her. It seemed, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. these these people in authority who didn't quite get her. And yes, and, exactly. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a bit more, just even from a filmmaker's perspective. Uh, yeah, about about that going in. Was that storyboarded? Was that stuff that sort of came out <laughs> as you sort of said, you know what, I, I've got some ideas around how I'm gonna create uh, a, a lonely space for, for Donna to live in visually? Um, yeah, it was definitely something that, that we, we did plan for. Um, although we did also kind of discover a rhythm as mm. we were filming. So nice. um, my, my DOP, Jeff Wheaton and I uh, did, you know, did a lot of planning um, before we started shooting um, and, you know, made some kind of initial initial choices, uh, in particular to shoot in four by three, um, was one thing that we decided, um, in advance, uh, and that kind of came about from, um, me wanting it to be a portrait film and, and, and really wanting to, to have a portrait of a specific person and to really focus on one specific person and her experience. Um, so we felt like four by three was kind of a portrait frame. (laughs) Um, it just, uh, it fits the human face quite well. Um, so yeah, we decided to go and it's also kind of a smaller frame, which is interesting as well when you're, um, you know, filming a person alone. Um, you know, we filmed Shan, you know, as Donna by herself a lot. Um, so, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't two people that you had to fit into a frame. You just had to fit one. (laughs) So, um, four by three really lends itself to, you know, to 
framing one person, I, I find. So um, we made that choice. And um, and then in terms of the kind of stillness and the, the loneliness um, that I wanted to portray, we decided um, to not move the camera. So that was another kind of thing that we um, decided in advance was to lock off every shot, um, which kind of I felt like added to um, kind of the quietness of the film and um, kind of the kind of subtle observation kind of feeling that I was going for, um, you know, especially when Donna was alone um, by herself, kind of, you know, in a quiet apartment, no one else to talk to type of thing. Um, and then in terms of the uh, the various people that um, Donna encounters, um, various professionals, um that was something that we kind of developed as we were shooting. Um, Jeff and I kind of felt that um, we wanted the focus of every scene to be Donna. We wanted her to be the focus of every interaction. And um, I was more interested in seeing her reaction to what other people were saying. Um, you know, they're the, uh, the kind of doctors or counselors or um you know, her boss at the animal shelter, um, you know, their, their kind of experience wasn't that important to me. It was Donna's experience that was important to me. So I wanted to film her reaction and, you know, her dialogue and, and everything. Um, so that we, as the audience would be really focused on, um, on what she was experiencing as opposed to what anyone else was kind of thinking of her, <laughs> but also you can kind of tell that, um, you know, these are kind of forces that are working against Donna right. and, uh, and, you know, not a lot of, you know, she's, she's not making any connections in these scenes, um, where we don't see the other person. So I, I felt like because she's not really connecting to these other characters, she's unable to connect to them and, and they don't really understand her struggle. I felt like, it worked as well to just focus on her because it's, you know, it emphasizes that, um, that we're still just with her experience and she's not, she's not making a connection with this other character. I found, I felt, you know, Heather, it's so interesting as I was listening to you just chat there and, and sort of unpacking some of the stylistic decisions and how you want this woman portrayed and the portrait and the focus on her. And I just feel mm -hmm. like I've, as I'm reflecting back on it, I'd have to see it again, I, but I just feel like there's just one big, fat, massive misunderstanding here. <laughs> that, like with like people, like you said, people don't they, they they just don't get Donna. They're not listening. Like she, yeah, her, her yeah. you know, her reactions to to the professionals, to them, you know, ultimately making the decision they do about the animals, and they to me they all it really adds that contrast because she's so sort of understated and measured i think i used the word measured earlier but she just doesn't seem to react this is not what you would call a typical i suppose alcoholic or someone who as you <laughs> said earlier or someone who suffers from maybe mental health issues or who is really alone and 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 so on you would almost expect more extreme reactions right mm -hmm. so so mm -hmm. i'm i'm just really now struck even by her sense of normalcy and wonder mm -hmm. and almost wonder how much out of whack everyone else is around her 
does, does, that, does that make sense? Like, yeah, like, no, totally. Yeah, and so of course animals get her, and she gets animals. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense, right? That's a beautiful yeah, part, yeah. a beautiful part of the story as well. And we barely even touched on the animals, but but yeah, <laughs> no, that's just just. I mean, I'm, I'm, thanks for letting me sort of tease out that revelation as I'm chatting with you. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, how how many people have not listened to Donna for the last yes, exactly, thirty five exactly. or forty years? <laughs> Yeah, and I think she's kind of um, almost resigned uh, to that, and and you know to not being heard and and to not being taken seriously, um, and I, I think that that is revealed in those interactions she has with various professionals because um, you know she's almost just along for the ride. Mm. Uh, she, you know, she. I feel like at this point in her life, she's not used to having the feeling of being in control. Um, she's not used to the feeling of, you know, taking charge of her life or, or, um, you know, really having a, a say in, in what happens to her. Um, and so when faced with these kind of, you know, professionals making decisions about her life, she, uh, she kind of just goes along with it because, um, that's what you know she's become accustomed to i think over the years when near near the end of the film when the animals are you know being being taken away out of the the small mini zoo that has developed uh, <laughs> uh at donna's house and i've i've actually visited people that are not too far off of where donna <laughs> donna is at over the years i couldn't help but be struck by the deep deep irony and you you must have smiled about this as a writer and the director uh, when when the line was delivered about you know animals are uh, something to the effect of animals are our well-being their their priority has to come first yeah, I just yeah. it was just such a beautifully <laughs> ironic and 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 actually frankly pretty tragic moment that lack of self mm-hmm. that lack of self-awareness right mm-hmm. that, that yes exactly it's and, and yet that was a huge part. Yeah. The lack of self-awareness was a huge part, uh, of Donna's character and, and other characters as well. Um, but that was actually interesting that you, that you kind of articulated that because, uh, lack of self-awareness is definitely something that I've been talking about in terms of this character from like the very beginning <laughs> from when I first started writing the script. Um, that was one of the main kind of traits that I would keep coming back to right. when, when um, I was writing this character was, was a lack of self-awareness. So that's really cool that you picked up on that. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, yeah. And it's, and it struck me too, just as I, I'll, I'll reflect more on it after our conversation. I, I love having, uh, I love do, uh, doing interviews uh, about uh, with people I haven't met before about these creative pieces because they sort of come alive in the conversation. And often what happens <laughs> yeah. for me is I have this idea of where this conversation might go and it sort of goes there, but maybe opens up new doors. And then of course, after you've, you know, you've hit the record button and you've stopped it and, and you're driving home or you're walking away. Oh, wow. I so wish 
we had a talk about this as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, but anyway, isn't that the beauty of conversation and, 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 <laughs> and what makes it so interesting? But yeah, reflecting back on this misunderstanding and the lack of self-awareness on both sides of the equation here, mm-hmm. and frankly, exactly, all, yeah. all of her relationships, you know, mm-hmm. do, 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 does her daughter shutting her down in such an extreme way is is that really justified? I mean, I love the fact that you 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 don't give us more here because it does make me want to ask deeper questions about <laughs> yeah you know about what's going on mm-hmm. here and, and 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 how and when do I behave that way <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with, right, with, exactly. with with my yeah. friends and my family and so on. Yeah, no, that 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 totally makes sense. It's something that um, yeah, it's something that I really kind of went back and forth on how much, um, how much to include, you know, about the relationship with her daughter. Um, initially in the, in the script, there was, there was more, there was more information given. Um, not, you know, not, not a full, (laughs) a full story, but definitely more information. Um, but as, yeah, as I kind of went through the edit, I started kind of um, scaling that back and scaling it back some more and scaling it back some more. And it right. just, uh, it kind of felt, felt right to, to keep that, um, as more, more of a mystery. And again, like, like I said before, um, you know, I, I think that helps, you know, with the audience to kind of put themselves into those types of scenarios, you know, like you said, like wondering about your own life, like, you know, what, what would it take for me to, to cut off my, you know, a parent or, right. or something like that? Um, you know, you can kind of contemplate these questions for yourself, you know, um, you know, how, how far would, you know, would a, would a parent have to go in order to completely, you know, <laughs> for their child to completely decide to cut them off like that, you know? Um, so yeah, it kind of, kind of brings it back to the audience and, and lets them kind of, unpack it and and think more about about these questions in terms of their own life and then hopefully through doing that then you know they can they can empathize more more with the 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 struggle of of what Donna is going through so I love the fact um I want to come back to that that uh for in in a second because I have a couple thoughts the the um you know, again, what was it, and you don't have to tell me, but what was it that happened between <laughs> mother and daughter, and probably it was it was an erosion of trust in relationship over a long period of time. It wasn't any one thing, I would imagine, when we, right, all, look, exactly, you know, when yeah. we all look through our own past and our own histories. But she just, again, I want to go back to that, that measured approach, you know, even the way she breaks the bottle of wine because she's, you know, (laughs) she doesn't freak out. She just, she does it in such, and I went, oh, please tell me she's going to filter that through a a strainer before she, you know, before she drinks it. And and of course she did. And of course she did. did, Yeah. I mean, this is not her first rodeo. That's right. This is not a, this is not a, a lady who's, who's, who's way offside, you know? And, and Mm -hmm. so, so when you see, you know, what, what, what was it that caused this relationship to break down, you know, in, in such an extreme way, you know, and she says something to the effect of, you know, I just, I, when she's talking to her therapist, I enjoy my glass of wine because, you know, my glass of wine, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you yes, know, exactly. you know, so, well, that's, so that's, the contradictions of it, right? The lack of self-awareness. <laughs> lack of yeah, self-awareness. Kind of, yeah. And yeah, those, the, contra- the contradictions and the paradoxes that, 
that we all live with. And I think you just so beautifully kind of point them out as existential sore thumbs, if you know what I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I want to ask you about something about her and, and, and uh, just because I'm so sort of fascinated by who, who she is and, and, and where she's yeah. ultimately going to wind up. But for me, she's got a real meaning and a purpose that she's, she's, she's now found. Um, she mm-hmm. has clearly a generous spirit. She has so much <laughs> yes. to give She's cl- yes, exactly. And yes. she's got this ability to love and to love certainly other animals. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to want to repair things with her daughter and yet winds up there in the first place. Like, it just, it's, again, we're back to that whole contradiction. How, you know, how, how, mm-hmm. what, what, what can we learn from that? How does that even happen in the first place? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's and I think <laughs> this is what's so sort of tragically beautiful about, I guess, just living life, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's well put. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to be drawn to stories of, of, uh, kind of the cycles of behavior or, Mm. um, behaviors that can, um, kind of manifest themselves in in a cyclical way in our lives. Um, so yeah, I think, I think with, with Donna, she, um, she kind of ends up at the end, you know, where she was at the beginning (laughs) to a certain, to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of fascinated by, um, this, this ability for, for, uh, for people to, you know, repeat, repeat the same mistakes kind of in different forms or, um, you know, again, with the the lack of self-awareness to kind of not necessarily, you know, learn from from mistakes, but to to replay them over and over again uh, throughout throughout your life. You know, in in various different ways. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's part of part of you know developing Donna's character was uh, was her kind of repeating uh, mistakes that she's made in the past <laughs> um, again. So. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know sad, sadly we're going to have to wrap it up in a couple of minutes. Uh, believe it or not, we're we're coming 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 to the end of uh, this episode at least of face to face. Maybe I, I'm hoping uh, that we're going to have a, another conversation down the road because uh, yeah, um, definitely. But but you know, uh, I think she's talking. I'm not sure who she was talking to, but it was one of those professionals who's off camera. Um, um, but uh, you know, Charlie loves me no matter what I do. And, yes, you know, that, that's kind of a, isn't, an important moment for it, the film. Well, yeah. it really is. And isn't, I mean, of course, we, you know, anyone who's had an animal kind of understands that for sure. But isn't, mm-hmm. isn't really that what Donna's, I mean, isn't that really what we're all looking for? Well, exactly, right? yeah. I mean, that's, that's um, that, you know, kind of the universal, uh, you know, uh, message in the film that I, I feel mm. like, you know, everyone can connect to, you know, even though Donna goes about it in unconventional ways, you know, what she's really just looking for is, is, you know, love and, and connection with, with another living thing. Um, and I think, you know, I hope that's what makes the film accessible and, and, and allows an audience to really empathize and connect with her because, you know, everyone, 
I feel like everyone can can understand that and everyone can understand, you know, the desire to, to have a connection. Um, and, yeah, that's definitely an important moment in the film. Uh, you know, she's basically ar- articulating, you know, her own her own struggle really in, mm. in, in that scene. Um, and, uh, you know, revealing to us, you know, what she, what she desires and that, you know, that is kind of this unconditional love and acceptance and, and that's what she, she's getting from, from her pet. So, you know, that's part of what drives her to, to continue to sure. kind of acquire more to, to, uh, to satisfy that, that need. But, um, yeah, that's definitely a, a part of the film that I, I hope, um, you know, can can help people kind of uh, connect with her and, and, you know, see that, yeah, even though she's, uh, she's, you know, doing things that people would probably consider to be, you know, somewhat extreme, <laughs> um, that really her, her, her actual desire is, you know, something that's, that's quite universal and, uh, that everybody can understand. Yeah, to be loved with with no judgment, no guilt, no shame, and exactly, and it, it's <laughs> kind of hard for us to do. It seems to me animals do it well. Um, yeah, um, us, it's us, true. Hum, us human beings have have a tough time with it. Can I say as <laughs> as we sort of come to the end here? I so love so many different shots in the film, and you know the way you articulate oh, the you. story and and just lay it out. I mean, just it, I mean, it sure looks like it was beautifully storyboarded, but but um. One one particular shot, uh, the, the the shot of I think if I remember correctly, help me out here. It's a shot of of Donna vaping in a cloud of smoke through the hamster cage. Is, is, is it's, it's, yes, there's yeah. a there's a few like that in the film for sure that really stand out. But but that one in particular, I just yeah brought 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 a smile to my face. That's for sure. Hey, so yes, so, that, so that was nice. So so just tell me real quick what what are you expecting? What are you expecting at the Q and A's? Do you have any sense of what it's going to be like at, as you uh, oh, step into Tiffany? Yeah. Well, you never know. You know um, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it's always always an interesting experience uh, doing Q and A's. Um, you know, it, you never know what uh, what the audience is going to be thinking or what they want to ask. I'm sure I'll get some questions about about the animals. You know, people um, are always interested in in what it's like working with, you know, not just one animal, but uh, but many <laughs> many animals in one production. So um, I'll probably get some questions about that. But uh, other than that, it's hard to say where it will go. Um, hopefully, uh, like Shan uh, will be with me in in Toronto for oh, our first great. screening. Um, and she's going to come up uh, to do the Q&A with me. So hopefully the audience will have some good questions for her. So I'm, I'm sure uh, she'll have some really interesting <laughs> answers that I, even I'd like to hear. Oh, I bet. So, uh, yeah. Definitely, definitely hoping for that. But, um, yeah, it's always uh, always uh, kind of nerve-wracking but exciting <laughs> time doing the Q&As because, yeah. Who knows what uh, what the audience will come up with? <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of for me. That's almost a theme in the film. There's so many things that that we could keep talking about that 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 your film touches <laughs> on. And I think, frankly, it's a sign of uh, a, a brilliant story and and a beautiful story. And yeah, what a what a what a compelling and engaging and and um, marvelous uh, film. I really really well, uh, loved you it. So and, much. and congratulations again. And. 
Yeah, sadly, we're wrapping it up. We've been talking with uh, oh, Heather yeah. Young Heather Young today about her new film, Murmur, the uh, world uh, premiere of a bold new Canadian filmmaker. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that, Heather? <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.